These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Open Journal. My name's Mike and I'm very much looking forward to have a conversation with you today. I hope you're well, hope things are good for you this week. And I'm delighted to also introduce in this episode another brand new guest. Vera is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking a little bit about her experience as a leading psychologist but also as someone who is currently writing uh, a book that's going to be focusing in on mental health, well-being and using and utilising and sharing some of the knowledge, the expertise and the experiences that she has had through her new book. We talk a little bit about that along with some of the differences or insights around different types of support services or counselling uh, and through some of Fira's experience coaching and counselling both individuals and couples as well was a really interesting conversation to have. Lots of good stuff in our conversations in this episode. I really hope you enjoy it and again a massive thank you to Fira for coming on and for sharing her, her lived experience, her insights, her expertise uh, and again kind of shining a light on a, a different insight into this world. I think it was a, again a really really enjoyable conversation. I hope you enjoy it. As always, if you've loved this episode, please do leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you think you would be interested in being a guest in the future, have a look at the website where you can find more information, which is openjournalbc.com. But for now, a huge thank you to Fira once again for coming on and sharing her insights. I hope you love this episode. Here's our conversation. It's really nice to be sat down and have the chance to to speak with you this start this afternoon this evening I feel like the the sun is changing now I'm gonna have to get used to <laughs> turning on the lights and stuff in the afternoon um how how are you today and how has your week been thank you very much for having me first and uh, no I'm, I'm fine and you know interestingly I was just thinking before we start I was looking at the time thinking oh it's going to approach six o'clock and from staying on the laptop <laughs> for too long, I thought, oh God, it's gonna get start getting dark. And I was thinking, should I just get up and switch the light? <laughs> it's just, you never know, right? It's the, the weather keeps changing, their, you know, their lighting keeps changing. And nowadays everything is seems to be happening online. So we are becoming a lot more aware of when the lighting is gonna be less or more. <laughs> 
I feel like I never noticed this before, but I think last year or the year before, I, like I would start these calls and it would be like this. Yeah. And about 20 minutes in, I'd be just sat in the dark and be like, I can't really do anything about it now, but it looks really strange on the screen. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, apart from the daylight, in terms of your your kind of your well-being, um, how are you? Have there been things that you've been doing over the last week that have been keeping you well? Yes, yes. I mean, I do. Um, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. And I do a lot of um, um, work, inner work. <laughs> so I do, I usually do my kind of meditation and do some yoga, you know, going for walks. And so although I have to say the past two days I have been, it, because it's getting a little bit cold, <laughs> I, I find that I'm finding any excuse not to go for a walk. So that needs to obviously I need to review that but um yeah just getting some fresh air and being in nature I find that it's very very helpful for the most part and then of course you know learning to sit still and just observing your thoughts and not really engaging with them I find that to be very calming and it often grounds me so yeah I do all sorts of things <laughs> in order to keep myself well that's really nice to hear i think especially we've just mentioned there already the a lot of screen time it feels like there's just so much screen time happening at the moment that it's uh, kind of getting outdoors and i think very much a kind of a changing season time for us in the uk as well so a sure. nice time to to be out there um we're obviously going to sit down and talk a little bit about mental health and well-being and some of the things that you do um in a professional sense but it'd be nice just to hear kind of where your initial interest in kind of mental health and the kind of the field that you you now work in where that started or where that came from yes sure so i was never really supposed to be a psychologist if i'm being honest so my path was that i was going to get into dentistry just because um I thought it was going to be a cool thing to do. And of course, I was only six, 17. And I think that's the that's the problem, I think, at times where we're supposed to make all these big life decisions about where we, who we want to be at such a kind of young age, I suppose. So I remember I actually took on psychology because I was just interested in it and I needed it extra. I thought it'd be an interesting extra available to have um, where, you know, before I apply for what I wanted to. And I start, I did the A-level and I thought, oh my God, this is gold. <laughs> you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to know about. And, um, and even then I thought I'd just go and do the degree in psychology and then see how I'll get on. And to be honest, I, I, I just felt that, um, and I was going to kind of go in a different um, field of psychology, probably more research. But then I realized that actually I really enjoy the counseling therapeutic part of psychology to actually work with people on a one-to-one -one basis. And then the rest is history. <laughs> I never looked back. I've never done anything else in my whole adult life. And this has just been all that I've been doing for the past, I say, 18 years. Well, it's really interesting hearing how it kind of started off as like almost like a, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. I'll give it a go. But oh, and then did as like dentistry ever come back into your mindset? Or <laughs> never. Like, just... <laughs> I, no, I never looked back. I, was, I thought I just saw that and I thought 
oh my god like i i i think um for some people some therapists i feel like it's it's a path for us to find ourselves first because it starts you know when i was reading the books i was thinking you know i can and you know this this is a little bit like me this is you know i want to kind of know a little bit more about myself and and i think it it should if it doesn't but it should come from the place of um therapists wanting to go through their own healing first and then that should be the you know in my opinion of course that that should be the path to you know you go through a process and then serve and then hopefully help others go through the process i i always say you can't take um clients somewhere that you haven't been yourself so i think that that's a that was the initial thing for me looking at these books reading them knowing about psychology and thinking oh my god there's a whole other world inside of me taking place that you know and I was very very curious to find that one and I'm so glad that I have to be honest it's really interesting that sort of mindset of like how um I can't think of a like it opens your eyes to something and then you can't not see it once you're aware of that and how the, the possibilities of how people think and absorb and kind of live within their worlds. Um, it just changes so much the way you think about people and social situations, I think. Um, For sure. And yeah. I find, you know, interestingly, I find that the more you go into this world and the more you learn and the, the more, and, and of course you, your learning comes not just from your academic background or books, it, it for me mainly comes from the people that I work with, you know, so I'm also, I, every client that I take on is a whole new journey and a whole new learning process for myself as well. And interestingly, I, I keep thinking that I, the more you know, about yourself and this world and psycho psychology psychotherapy and the more you realize how much we we don't actually know and how complex it is and how you know um you need to, to sort of play with the things that we have and we we know of and then leave some room for other aspects of ourselves that we don't know and um, and there's always kind of room for learning and there's always room to sort of going through that process. As I said, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, not just working with clients, but actually working with myself. And I have to say, even to this day, <laughs> there are days that I can do a process or do something and I go, oh, wow, I did not know that I would respond that way <laughs> to, to a certain situation or that I was... I didn't realize that I was even thinking those thoughts or, you know, so it's just, you know, the, the field of psychology and our brain and our mind are the most fascinating to me, of course, <laughs> because it's what I do, but it is the most fascinating thing ever. It um, makes me think as well. I know uh, there are different aspects to the work that you do. And sometimes that involves working with couples or small groups. Um, I do, yes. Like how, how does, like how does that change what you're thinking about or perceiving because I think a lot of people will um, resonate with that idea of kind of looking inwards but also maybe considering if they're supporting someone else like how 
how they're supporting that person but when you're working with or trying to support multiple people and they have some sort of impact or relationship on each other as well that must be very different to kind of think about it is it is and i guess um well with couples it's, it's different because we are working with uh, with two people who are emotionally very intimate right and as i say always intimacy tends to bring up a lot of our own issues that if we're not in those settings we probably wouldn't even across them right so i have people that come in and they say listen i've done the work and all is good and i say okay that's great and then they get into a relationship and they go oh hold on maybe i did not know this or i didn't know this is how because intimacy would essentially mean that you are going to expose the most vulnerable parts of yourself right so just by its nature it means that you come across parts of you that you've been hiding for a very long time, even to your own selves, right? So because of that, in couple settings, it's, the dynamic is different. You know, two people are very intimate and then here I am, somebody that's not at all <laughs> with them and I'm sitting down and I think it's it's kind of learning to sit with um, what comes up as uncomfortable as it may be for everybody, but also, to, to kind of give that space for two people to actually connect with one another again, the way they probably did right at the beginning before all, you know, all these programmings came up and all these um, defense mechanisms come up in order to protect themselves from um, sometimes real, but sometimes perceived threats of what intimacy can bring up and what, um, what it actually means for for, for them so it, that's also different to doing group work because group work again is um a bunch of people that for the most part they don't know each other they, they have no idea what they're getting them, themselves into so they come in and they look for me they look to me to sort of lead and that's always a very interesting uh interesting dynamic because people look to uh, sort of the person who leads or the authority figure differently. People respond differently. Some people rebel right from the beginning before I even enter the room or before I even kind of, you know, because everybody's coming in with their own background, with their own, the way that, and you know, when people get together in a group, it's very fascinating because each person takes on, takes up a role without ever discussing it with one another or without any agreement so people are observing each other and you know and that's I think that's a very um good way to look at how each individual responds in in a sort of social dynamic work social or any group dynamic outside of um the therapy room or the group therapy room so, you know, there are different ways to working with people, definitely different. This is what I mean. Like we are very fascinating creatures because mm. we can be so many different things at different situations and different settings, which sometimes people go, oh, I didn't know that I was, I would be very quiet or shy in a group setting because, you know, I'm usually very outspoken or, or something gets triggered, you know, somebody um, projects something onto somebody else and it's that person is reminded of their own dynamic with um let's say yeah. a, a parental figure or 
So lots come out, lots get triggered. And uh, it's, it's fascinating to observe and of course, a privilege to work with. Yes, so interesting because um, I think back of uh, times when I've been in CBT classes um, as an attendee and kind of wanted support for, at the time I was really struggling with depression and going into this, I think it was a low mood course. Mm -hmm. And the idea of being in those spaces where you have people that just would not like naturally or socially come together um having very different backgrounds but having some sort of commonality because they are here and struggling with a certain aspect of their well-being that is the same um but just being in a room where those conversations are not like they're not in the dark they're not stigmatized like we're all here for this reason like when you if you ever go to like speed dating or a dating event like we're all here because we're single and we're looking for people like when people come along to uh like th those group sessions we're all here because we're struggling with something and there's an overlap and that's why we're here it just felt very different to this is now not a quiet dark hidden thing we're all here we can all talk about it to some extent we all have certain um struggles or difficulties but we all also want to try and access some support it feels like a very different environment to be in like you say i imagine everyone is looking to you um to kind of lead and facilitate that but just absorbing so much from each other and just existing within that space it just feels like a very different environment to be in also i i work a little bit differently perhaps that might be you know, worth mentioning that mm. I come from the place of, um, although I have kind of the background and the training and the experience, but I come from the place that each individual is an expert, in, you know, when it comes to themselves. So I see myself being that group dynamic or individual dynamics, um, um, individual sessions. I kind of see myself as a tool that helps the person get back to their own, you know, who they actually are, rather than telling them anything new. Although mm. when people hear, you know, they have insights and they go, oh my God, that's so amazing. Like I know, I, and I have to say, but you know, you knew that already. You just forgot, you know, it wasn't that you never ever knew it. It's just that it gets buried under so many layers, again, of programming, trauma things that happen things that we think happen you know many mm -hmm. so in that dynamic of kind of uh, leading a session that that's that's the interesting part because I don't see myself as leading I, I kind of see myself as a member of that group as I am but then it's interesting where people come in and they sit and they expect you know a person to take charge and start you know and then when they see me kind of sitting there with them and of course you know I, I start the session and but then creating that safe space for everybody to have a little bit of space if they choose to use that or not is of course up to them but um the job I think would be to creating that safety because as you correctly said uh, you know when people come together with a common um struggle although their struggles might be different but it is you know they're coming in because they are struggling with something 
it's very intimate already, right? So you may not know anything about one another and mm. suddenly you know about how each person feels. Right? So by nature, it's a very different um, experience to any other group settings. It is. It's also, I think, really eye-opening sometimes. I think we would say everyone's different. Every relationship and conversation is different, but I found it quite eye-opening at a later stage obviously not at the time I wasn't well enough to notice it then but looking back thinking about how um absent some of my conversations are about actually what's going on um I don't want to call those shallow conversations because that kind of undermines them but they definitely lack a little bit of um kind of uh like a genuine emotion or feeling or kind of opening up to some of those acquaintances or friends or family that you've got and recognizing that very often we will will give a short snippet or a, a very brief insight to what it is and then like you say in these um certain settings we'll open up and we'll go into that detail um and i think so often societally um we've kind of almost encourage that like just don't talk about it with most people wait until you get to this stage and then go and have those conversations elsewhere um and I like to think most of the conversations I'd had and having spoken to other people like the conversations they've had when they've been in services like they could have started earlier they could have potentially spoken to uh, a counselor a therapist a friend at an earlier stage if they'd have had the confidence or the knowledge or the access to those people um is that something that you think can be facilitated or is something we should encourage more people to 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 do um i think i think most people in my experience they tend to want to ask for help when things become really bad when the symptoms are very present and it's unavoidable, right? Um, and, and look, that's that's okay because it's 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 almost like physical symptoms, right? You don't mm. go to doc to a doctor or unless you have something that's hurting or mm. something that's a bother. But with mental health, with um, our kind of emotional and psychological well-being people often come in and say, I have anxiety or, or I suffer from depression and I this is what I want to focus on. And I, my response will always, always the same, that no, no, these are the symptoms of what's happening. Right? There is something going on. There is a bit of a conflict in a conflict um, and it's okay. These symptoms are here to tell us that, okay, you need to pay attention to some of the things that may not be going right. And chances are that they, they wouldn't have been going right for quite some time. It's just that, you know, we learn to um, use different strategies in order to deal with or, or defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Some helpful, mostly not, or sometimes they become actually um, destructive. So they, they, you know, we use different ways of dealing with these conflicts until we can't anymore, or until the defense mechanisms that once helped us are not serving us anymore, because we are in a different context, we are not children anymore, we are you know, in a different setting, or we are, in a we are having a different mindset or dealing with different people. So of course that you know, it's 
always helpful to really check in. I don't think that we are trained to check in with ourselves to understand that actually, um, personally speaking, I don't know one single person that cannot benefit from looking inwards and then, you know, it, by any means, right? If it means seeing a therapist or you know, doing the inner work by any means, you know, reading about it, understanding what it means, and then trying to move away from the stigma of, of what it means to be depressed, what it means to be kind of anxious. Those are really healthy responses to something that has taken place that wasn't unhealthy for you. And the thing that was not unhealthy was not your fault, was not something that you created. It's just that the way you're responding to it is the way to protect yourself, which is the most natural things. No, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's um, it's always interesting to hear the different insights and the journeys through to how we um, build up kind of our shared uh education our awareness our confidence to access support like whatever that looks like for different people um we've talked quite a lot about how uh the services work or how you kind of work to support people um but i know you're also doing kind of written work as well and, and um there will be different things that are going into that than the things we've mentioned so far so kind of where did your um where did your decision making start with that like was there a clear moment when you decided actually this is something else I would also like to to do or to work on or share yeah absolutely I think that um uh, therapy the way that it is right now is may not be accessible it's not as accessible as I would like it to be for people and I think that in with in this day and age information should be a lot more accessible um, there are many, many steps that people can take in order to not get to that point of feeling like the symptoms are taking over, right? But if we don't know about them, there is nothing we can do. If we, you know, I didn't know myself, you know, until I actually got into this field and I thought, oh gosh, there's all this stuff. So I've decided to, um, so I've, you know, I've, 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 I've written before, so I've decided to write this book <laughs> that I that's basically I also should add that in my years of kind of working with people I've noticed that um, not one single model actually works for everybody right and I thought that I'm personally that's just my own journey as a person first and then as mm -hmm. a therapist and a practitioner I'm kind of I'm using all the traditional classic models but I'm also adding the things that I know that works. So now we are learning a lot more about kind of trauma that actually it's not just PTSD. You know, it's like most people have some sort of trauma that's unresolved or unlooked, you know, they haven't been processed. Mm -hmm. So the effect of trauma on the body, you know, doing some body work. Um, I also bring in, you know, I think, you know, looking at the bigger picture more than just ourselves as an individual what I call spirituality I think that kind of should be in my view that adds to having a more holistic view or having a bigger perspective as to okay you know it's there are certain things a certain let's say traumas that are experienced collectively you know it's not just about me it's collectively and then we've got intergenerational traumas that have been passed on and we don't even know anything about. We just know that, that we're responding to something that's not even there anymore. Just because, let's say, our 
grandparents or our great grandparents, mm. they would have experienced it. So certain behavior has been passed on, not the actual trauma itself, but trauma response or the way that people deal with trauma. So a lot of the times you're responding to things that are not even here anymore. They're not even a threat anymore. So a combination of all of that, I kind of thought that it's it's helpful to bring it all together. And this almost new way of looking at therapy, new way of combining and look, working more holistically, but also having you know some process work and new way of kind of interesting ways of looking at things. So in order to encourage people to have some you know understanding as to what's going on, that it's not your fault, that it's not you know it's not something for the most part. It was it a lot of our thought processes. They're not even ours. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of programming. Just understanding that there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. And I think I'm very passionate about kind of get that getting that message across. And that so then understanding where they're coming from, how you're processing, why you process things in that way. You know, it's not that you're broken and that's why you're processing. It's just that, you know, your poor system is trying to kind of deal with so many different things, be that yourself collectively, intergenerationally, all of that. So that's that that's the purpose behind kind of writing this book. And of course, you know, I, I'm kind of doing more of group work in order to bring in people to experiencing things differently, things that are um that can, I think a lot of our healings can also happen in group settings and with kind of understanding that, oh, you know, we are so much more alike than we think you know that our struggles are although they have different shapes but they usually come from the same kind of source you know and that that is a feeling of being held and I think that's really priceless so for me you know that was the purpose behind writing this book and hopefully will serve and it will help amazing I think yeah it's really interesting the different bits that you you've kind of mentioned there and I think it also allows people I know you were saying at the beginning about the accessibility of sometimes people do struggle to access services either because of our lack of confidence approaching them or possibly because of um, issues of access around um, time and waiting lists or, or physically getting to a location so looking at how some of that information can be shared in other ways I think is really really valuable to have a like a credible resource that you can signpost to and say to people look you know that there's also this information if you if you want to pick up something now and be able to work through something or you've accessed a service in the past but you just need a bit more information or a bit more guidance kind of moving forward I think that's where in my mind um more written resources also there's um I've seen stuff in the past, although I haven't listened to any, they're now like audio guides and things like that being used for some kind of follow-up service work as well. Um, so I think it's really good to hear like there's just that thought process of different ways to share this knowledge and this information and make it more accessible for people. Um, and also some of the process work, right? It's not, mm. you know, it's not top secret, <laughs> you know, but the way that I work with the client, I like to, and I, I know some of the process work that actually really helps, you know, it can easily be sort of translated into, into uh, you know, a book that you can pick up and although it's not, you know, going to be exactly the same uh, experience as you, mm. but, you know, you, you'll get 
some understanding, you know, you, you, you're able to help yourself a little bit more. Um, and I think I'm seeing that it's happening more and more, which I'm very pleased about because, you know, it, it has to be something that people can, um, not another psychology book because you know people are they don't want to know about theories and you know all of that <laughs> and another academic book they want something that would help them understand themselves right something relatable that says oh you know that's what you're mm. experiencing it's okay i know about it let's let's look at it let's you know there's so many others just you know mm. that are experiencing so in a, in a way moving away from um, you know, because I, I used to say, you know, how psychologists be just right for each other, you know, like <laughs> nobody wants to read what you're, what you're writing because it's so research-based and kind of, um, obviously, you know, that's that's very helpful, but in a way that people are, nobody wants to pick up a book. They want to know, how can I help myself? They don't mm. want to read about, you know, all the, I mean, some might, but in terms of how to help yourself, I thought it's good to have something that's more tangible, understandable and relatable to people and something that the people can actually take something away from it. Mm -hmm. And is that... Um... Are you still working on the book at the moment? Do you have a, a target date for that or a title for it yet? You know, you're going to have to talk to my editor about it. And she's not, <laughs> she's not a very happy person at the moment because I keep pushing deadlines. <laughs> but um, I'm at the final stages, so hopefully. Just watch um, this space. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> it's so bad i know it's uh, you know it's, it's i keep saying to her i say look i i, I really want to finish this book but then act, there are actual people that i'm working with in real time so you know yeah. it's about kind of balancing that putting something out there but it, also you know it's um balancing things it's something that i'm still kind of <laughs> trying to get my head around <laughs> to get good at <laughs> for sure um it's i mean even that is really interesting to hear kind of balancing off those different responsibilities and the different things that you want to achieve as well um i'm sure i remember seeing that you've you've worked in those different environments i think with charities with the nhs and privately as well so there's lots of different environments and i think lots of different knowledge and experiences that i imagine you've kind of built up from seeing those different settings and the different ways that services can be delivered as well um it'd be interesting if there's any kind of um insights if people are, are thinking about accessing a service and there's obviously lots of different ways to do that um how you would encourage someone that's thinking about accessing support to to like make their best effort to do that um yes i mean you know um Yes, I have worked within the NHS charity organizations in different capacities. So I kind of know what works and what doesn't. Um, having said that, I think for anybody wanting to start this journey, uh, the first step is to reach out. So at this point, because, you know, I really trust sort of people's judgment once they actually put themselves out there and see... You know, there are there are um, some organizations that are doing amazing, amazing work and that are more accessible. There is also the NHS. There are also private clinics. You know, mm. I think it, it depends on uh, where you're at in your process and where you're at in, in, in the uh, in your capacity. And I would say the first step is to reach out 
but also don't get um, disappointed with the first sort of encounter, right? I always say this, therapy in a work works. It works, but it has to be within the right setting and with the right person. And who that right person is, is something that the client decides and only they can decide. So trust your gut feeling. <laughs> so if something doesn't feel right for you, don't give up, look for other options. It, the actual work works. It's just mm. that it may not work in that setting or it may not work with this particular therapist or it may not work in this, but you know, so you have to do, because it's a very personal process, right? So you have to do, um, do yourself justice. You know, don't go with the first option. Understand that there are always other options out there and just be kind of curious about looking out for what works for you. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really good to hear that again, those different insights as to how services can work and how practitioners and that relationship can work. And like you say, if you do have um, one interaction that's not the best, there will be another one. There will be a different service. There will be a different counselor or therapist or practitioner that can support you. Um, don't just think that that's, that's how it's delivered everywhere. It's a bit um, like... A... <laughs> I would say it's a bit like dating, right? You, know, you, have to, you have to look around until you go, yep, that's it. I connect yeah, yeah. with that person. <laughs> you know, there is, it's, honestly, you take a lot of care. If you think about it, you take a lot of time and care with the person that you want to be with. You have to take, like when it comes to your own self and allowing somebody to enter that mm. space of yours, It's a, I, I see that, that it's a privilege and an honor for any therapist to to be allowed in that space with somebody right so as a as a client as somebody who you know that's looking for that they need to feel that you know okay this person is going to sort of go through this journey with me do you know what I mean I really take pride in not leaving okay I need to kind of think about how this is going to come out <laughs> so, so Take pride in in really kind of be fussy even, you know, just be, it's okay to look around. It's okay to kind of look at what works for you. And sometimes, you know, as I said, inner work works unless, uh, until you find the right setting and the right person for yourself. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, I think. Yes. Um, I feel like I was going to add a point and I was like, I don't have a point to add to that. Um, <laughs> uh, if, um, it's been really nice to, to sit down and to, to chat with you and to hear some of your experiences and also share a lot of your knowledge as well. Um, if people want to find out a little bit more about you or some of the things we've mentioned or maybe look out for the book at some stage in the future, um, where, where are the best places for them to go to find out about you? So my website would be a good place to start. Uh, so my website is www.reinventingpath.com. And uh, I have an um, uh, Instagram account as well, where I put up anything interesting that may be coming up. So that would be a good place to look for as well. And again, it's reinventing.path. 
So we do uh, holistic work and we offer different uh, types of services, individual therapy as well as group. Um, so this, the, the, the work is built. So it was me and my sister that have built the work. She does a lot of trauma and body work and um, we kind of complement each other's work and we've got a health coach. So it's a very, very holistic way of looking at mental health and well-being altogether, but you can um, check it out on my website. So, you know, anything, um, and people actually on my website, uh, I don't know if it's currently doing that, but I'm definitely in the process of putting that out. So you can just um, sign up and anything, anything, any kind of process work that I think is interesting and I want people to access, I, could, I sort of send out um, to people, or if there's a news about the book, anything interesting that I'm writing about or whatever, try to kind of um, get people to uh, have access to them as as, as much as I, I can and what time allows. But yeah, so hopefully soon the website will allow you to kind of sign up and then get all this information that uh, hopefully people may find helpful. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge and insights as well. It's been really interesting to chat with you and as we predicted the light is i'm glad i turned the light on before it is dropping um but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge that's my absolute pleasure thank you for having me these are real people they do have struggles and it starts to get on my nerves i just shut down so many people suffer from mental illness to get the word out that men have got to start talking a lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation so they can appreciate yeah it's difficult dealing with our minds and the suicidal thoughts were back people knew that there was something not right but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything you're not depressed it's it's all in your head that's probably the statement i've had people say the most i mean this 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 shit is real and it's hard it's exhausting sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission and I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.